All right, welcome everybody to the first episode of the new Two Minutes for Roughing. I'm your co-host, Minor League Rando, and with me I have Mark from The Prospector. Mark, how are you, and how are you just overall excited for this new podcast? I definitely am, Rando, and I believe I was the one who kind of approached <laughs> uh, Matthew regarding like, you know, we really should get a podcast, and he's like, we have one. I'm like, oh, and that's <laughs> yeah, how we got like, you. Oh. And that's how we, yeah. and that's how we got you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess like, oh, okay. I, I guess I'm the podcast guy now. Uh, but overall, excited because uh, I think we have one of the craziest upcoming seasons uh, when it comes to the SPHL and the FPHL. I mean, there's just a lot going on uh, from that perspective. I guess let's just go straight into it. The SPHL. Looks like it's going to be kind of normal of a season, but there's one team in particular, the Peoria Rivermen. Um, they just won their first championship in the SPHL, and then all of a sudden we have the rumors about you know maybe the relationship between the arena and the team's not the greatest, and then there's the Reign of Bloomington game that comes out in the schedule. I mean, you're a Peoria guy. I, I guess from a fan's perspective, how do you see all this? I guess you could call a degrading relationship between the uh, two entities. Uh, so I think we talked about this a little bit on your podcast, actually, back a, like a couple of years ago now. But um, I, I am not shocked. I'm not shocked of the situation because I have seen the effects of the situation. I've like it it's felt weird. I okay. Before this past season started, I thought that they had already fixed the ice issues, which by the way, if you don't know, that's one of the biggest issues for people out there. Uh that's one of the biggest issues regarding the Peoria Riverman versus the Arena situation, is that the ice system in Peoria needs fixed and soon. It needs to be replaced. It is a pretty old system, and it keeps leaking. And that same part of the arena keeps leaking. And I thought it was fixed this past summer, and it wasn't. Because at first it was fine, but then they, the Riverman went on the road for a little bit. And I came back to – I went to one of the games soon after that. When they came back home, the arena was back looking uh, like there was a leak at the visiting end of the ice. And I was just like, wait, what the heck's going on? I thought this was fixed. Turns out it wasn't, and it's still an issue. And the Civic Center has put it on a very, very, very low priority in regards to their list of things that they want to fix, upgrade, and renovate. I mean, it, it, the, the part that's just, just really surprising me as someone who's an outsider in terms of uh, I've never been to Peoria, I haven't visited the arena before, I got the impression was – you know, th this is a team that is going to be around till the end of time in Peoria. And just seeing this, you know, how this is going, like, are you at all shocked? Are you at all surprised with this? Because I, I am as an outsider, at least. I can understand as an outsider you're surprised. But if you go around the arena, if you uh, look outside the arena, like the outside areas, inside in the interior, but still outside the arena because it's a big – it's a complex, so there's like a theater and everything. So there's a big hall and everything. You would see that there seems to be a a slight preference to one team over the other, and the other team that has that preference is the Bradley University men's basketball team. They have extra signage that the Rivermen don't have. The Rivermen, yes, have the team store, but Bradley has their own thing at their own campus, typically. Uh it just feels and it just feels like Bradley's gaining a lot more of the attention. And also there's another caveat to this besides just tenants. The Civic Center, for better or for worse, has actually been gaining a lot of better shows lately. Actually, when it comes to like uh music, uh entertainment in general, they've been gaining a lot more high profile shows, which is good. But for a team like the Rivermen who take up decent amount of weekend dates during uh, fall, winter, and even spring, 
to the civic center, they're losing money actually of what they could be getting from those high profile events. And that's where I think the main situation is. Wow. I didn't even realize that because in Huntsville, we actually have kind of the reverse situation where the VBC, they, they, for years, it was kind of Huntsville has always skipped off tours because uh, the arena wasn't that big already, but they had this really bad deal with Ticketmaster. But we just had the Orion uh, Amphitheater opened up, which uh, for people from Huntsville, very mixed opinion on how that is. But we're starting to get really, you know, bigger acts to starting to come into the amphitheater. And I, I'm from my understanding, the arena is loving that because that means more weekend dates for Huntsville. And that's often the bigger times. And, you know, Huntsville, you know, I, I everyone already knows best attendance in the league, uh, supposedly, if you believe all always the numbers and, you know, crazy in the concession stands uh, as a as someone who's gone to many of games. Uh, but Man, that that's just it's crazy to me. Maybe it's because I'm spoiled as as a fan that that has a team that they have a great relationship with the arena and never have kind of bickered with them. So Bloomington, you know, if you're an old SPHL fan, then you recognize the city because they had the Bloomington Thunder for one total season, and then the team was folded, and that left Peoria as an island for about um, three years. Yeah, it was until Evansville, really. Uh, yeah, twenty-seven. And even then, like Evansville, still kind of far. Like we weren't really together with anybody until twenty eighteen. I mean, that was when Quad City came in. Yep, yeah, I mean, basically, Quad City's been a bridge, and, and then of course you have Danville. But that's a whole. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Danville's its own thing. Uh, but I guess, um, uh, as a fan perspective, do you see a lot of fans? And from Peoria, if the team does move to Bloomington, switching over, or do you see teams going to Quad City? Do you see teams going maybe to Danville? Uh, I mean, how, what do you think the fan reaction is going to be if this does happen? I it's kind of hard to tell. Um, Bloomington itself is I'm going to be real blunt has never like used it used to actually be all right as a hockey market, but the problem was they. They changed owners, they changed leagues, they changed names so many times that I think it in a in a pretty short amount of time that I think it burned out the fan base there. And and, and like, well, well, while you're saying that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's been what the the USPHL team folded in nineteen or right before COVID, I think. And of course that wasn't too long before then, which by the way, that team is owned what well, well was owned by the same people, the C- CSH International, who owns the Rivermen. And also, I was going to say, there was supposed to be the Fed team that they played neutral site games. I was, believe it was Danbury in Carolina for the Fed. Yep. And just nothing ever came of that. So, I mean, the space is technically open. So, could you say, I mean, let's theoretically say, all right, Ice Plant goes kaput in 2024 into the season there. Uh, you get one more season with, uh, you get two more seasons with the Peoria Rivermen. Is that five-year gap enough for the Bloomington market to kind of revive if you have steady ownership and the Bloomington Rivermen, theoretically? I guarantee it wouldn't be called the Rivermen. There would be no point. But uh, the it's funny you're even saying five years. You have to remember the Rivermen lease is up at the end of this season. I forgot about that. I thought it was 2024. Okay, so that, that kind of moves the timetable a little yes, bit. Yes, and that is also – a like, it's, they extended it by one year. And it, it's a that's another part of it because Sivisher made this decide, you know what, we don't want you anymore. Hey, that could happen before even the ice plant goes out. So if, I've, if I'm a Peoria Riverman fan, would you say treat this as the final year, go to as many games as you can? You know, I'm gonna, you know, I in general as a hockey fan, I think you should always go to as many games as you can because you never know. You never know, honestly. I've seen weirder things happen to more popular, like more populated cities and more far more well attended teams. Heck, I'm gonna bring up a little bit of Rivermen, but also like a little bit of a higher league in the AHL. The same season that the Rivermen left the AHL. The Houston Arrows, who are in Houston and play at a bigger arena and actually had more attendance, also moved. And they haven't had pro hockey since. 
So with hockey, go to every game like it is the last because you never know. Minor pro hockey is that crazy. You never know when the last game could be the last game. That That's also a very true statement. So I guess my last question is, do you think this is a repairable relationship between the Riverman and the arena, or do you think it's too far gone? It's not impossible to be repaired. I don't know. Like, it, okay, so for the amount of money that it costs to repair or just replace, I'm far beyond repair at this point, replace the ice plant, it's going to be a couple million dollars. And so, and the civic center seems, doesn't seem very uh, willing to do that at this point in time, given the amount of grants funds that they have and what they are considering a higher priority. So at that point, that's left to the team. And that's even if the civic center lets them put in the time that would take that, that would take out of the arena to put that ice plant in. Cause that's another thing. If they would put a new ice plant in, that's going to take time out of the arena that they can't have events in the arena. And a civic center may not want to deal with that, hmm. but uh, it's not impossible to repair. So I, I guess actually last question, I just had this pop into my mind. Yeah. I remember the courses, the rivermen have such a history that they actually have a former Riverman player on the city council. Yes. Does the city itself step in at this point, or do they just let let it go? Again, n- not impossible. I mean, and that and that former even a former NHLer, uh, Dennis Sear, uh, played for the Blackhawks. I do believe Hecky was part of the alumni game back when the Blues and Blackhawks got together for a rare classic. Um, and again, it's not impossible. I, it, the situation is so fluid, I believe, still at this time, that all possibilities are still, I would say, up in the air. Some are more possible than others, but I, I as a as somebody who's grown up on river hockey and is very much like the reason why I've gone into hockey like I have. It, if any Ruben fans out there listening to this, go. Go to a game. Go to all the games you can. Support the team. Maybe so. Maybe support the team so much that they can convince the Civic Center, hey, get us this plant. Get us new ice. And maybe it can help. It's because there is that distinct possibility that in the next couple of seasons, there won't be a pure Riverman. Man, that's... Yeah, even as SPH will go, I mean, team's going to be near, literally 10, 10 years uh, very soon. It's just like they've been such a part of the league. I, I couldn't imagine them uh, not being a, a part uh, of the SPHL. So that's that's a weird thought uh, in bringing Bloomington. So, man, um, I guess let's just move on. You know, moving, talking about a team leaving to a team possibly coming in, uh, switching leagues though to the Fed. Uh, Baton Rouge, uh, the good old uh, home of LSU, is getting at least some neutral site games when it comes to the FPHL. Uh, last I saw was Port Huron, Carolina, and Columbus. No, it was Port Huron, not not Carolina. It was Mississippi and Columbus will be playing uh, some games uh, at the Baton Rouge. We're uh, getting. Uh, what is it? What's the arena name? It's the, uh, uh, it's the Rising Canes River Center. Yes, the, the Rising Canes Center. That's it. Uh, because of the uh, I forgot it's the the chicken that I yeah. don't like and everyone else loves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't have an opinion. All we have up here is like Popeyes, KFC, and yeah, we don't have Rising mm-hmm. Canes or or you know anything like that. Yeah, that's not. I, I think it's like I, the checkers up in Quad Cities. But that's about it. Man, I'm telling you, it's the most overrated fried chicken you've ever had. Like everyone swears by buys it. Like it's it, so I, I go to the University of Alabama. They have one location on campus, busiest place ever. Like I, I can't be bothered. The chicken's it's it's mid. It's literally mid chicken. <laughs> so yeah, the most mid chicken you have ever seen in your life. All right. Anyway, um, three games. Uh, one of them is going to be the, it's where it's it's an expedition. I. 
if you if you're going to be a listener of this podcast, I cannot say the word ex- exhibition very well. I, it's like one of those words like I screw up always. Yes, even even Mark can say it well, and I can't. And it's just like wow. I'm the one with the lisp. <laughs> but so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, like, Ken, uh, but, okay. I think what Rando's trying to say is, please go to these games. If you are that, in the Baton Rouge area, if you are a, especially if you're in Bluxing and see and see what's a playing a game or two over there, go to those games. If you're in Columbus, go to those games. If you're in, you know, I'm going to say this too, in an old market like say Lafayette, go to those games. Oh, trust me, they they run surveys. They, from my understanding, they ran surveys during the Bloxy games, and they were actually asking people, "Where are you coming from?" Because the Fed is right now on the. I have Mark. Have you ever seen a crazier like working expansion, in, like in in any other like hockey history? Because like I'll besides be the NHL. Okay, to be fair, there wasn't a league back in the day that expanded quite a bit. And that's how it died. And that was the old International Hockey League. But the International Hockey League, the, those teams didn't really stick well. I mean, the, the Fed, they're, 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 I think I can think of maybe one team that, that they expanded to recently and didn't do well. That was Mentor, and then people have their own issues with that. There, there was Delaware, more I mean, with Mentor, to be fair. Yeah, that's, that's kind of true. Delaware, that that's kind of owner issues. And then you have... I mean, Carolina's a huge success. Columbus is, is a mega success. Like, that's oh, that's rivaling the SPHL. Columbus has been revived and then some. Mm-hmm. It's I, honestly, I think the market there is healthier now than it was back mm-hmm. during the Cottonmouth. Like, then, oh, the yeah. Days of the Cottonmouth, which is shocking to say. It, uh, but, it 100% uh, is. But that's just how, how Scott Brandon and them over there are doing, how well they're doing. Like, bro, Scott Scott Brand is a genius uh, when it comes to everything. Uh, so uh, I just have to say that. Uh, but uh, I mean, Biloxi's also they're they're doing good. Um, I guess the, the 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 next question is: This is uh, you know you know can the SP, no, not the SPHL because they're they're too afraid to expand right now for most places. Uh, but can the Fed go this far into the South and survive? I mean, we thought Biloxi was kind of crazy because they're going to kind of they're not exactly an island, but it's like, eh. but I mean, if we if we go off those uh, three games, they did amazing, and they're probably going to be another revived SPHL market. Um. I mean, can Baton Rouge a team? They haven't had a they haven't had a team since an ECHL team, and, and that was decades. Can yeah. they can they revive almost, that market? Almost two decades ago, yeah. And Baton Rouge, I don't have. I'm not saying they're going to fail. I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm just saying I don't have as high hopes as I do with Biloxi because Biloxi had a lot more grassroots effort beforehand, like. The current Mississippi Seawolves page was used to be bring back Biloxi Pro Hockey. Like they there's there was some sort of grassroots movement there too before Barry Soskin came in. The Baton Rouge, not really as much. Like it wasn't really so. And if you look even back when Baton Rouge was in the ECHL, they never gained, had a year where they were up in attendance each year got less and less and less. Like, they started around over 5,000, I think, around, like, five 6,000, and they were under 2,000 in our final season. Yeah, so it's just, it's just like, you know, something crazy when, when you look at all that. Um, I guess it could be – do you think these games are going to be an indicator, uh, like, Biloxi, of how good this market could be? I think it would get an idea, but as we were actually mentioning with like, if you're going, if, Hey, go to these games, but that's another thing. Not everybody who's going to be going to those games are going to be able to go to a lot of the games that a theoretical Baton Rouge fed team will have. 
because again, some of these fans are coming from Biloxi when they got their own team now. And it's like, so I think he'll get a bit of an idea because I think even Barry Soskin actually during the conference, like during the Baton Rouge press conference, mentioned this. Like, you know, you're going to get more during, the, likely going to get more during the exhibition games. There you are going to in an average 28 game or so home game regular season. And so he even said, like, okay, you know, if we're getting this amount, we can expect, like, this amount of that, you know. So that's another reason why they're doing it, because they're seeing, like, if there's if they can get a certain amount, because then they could be like, okay, you know, we could, we could probably get this X amount each game. They should be fine. All right. So I, I guess my question is, uh, I forget how much the arena seats. I think you have the stat on hand. Uh, I think it's... Five over five thousand, I think. I've seen a couple. I've seen a few different things, actually, and I'm even a little oddly confused myself because I'm like, okay, I keep seeing, I because I see eighty nine hundred. I've heard seven thousand. I've heard, uh, I I don't know what's going on with it. Right, on. We're doing live research. Hold on, raising canes arena. The Star, okay, now it's saying because recently the last month the Rosar has a maximum capacity of about seven thousand people for a hockey game. So let's okay, go off seven thousand. Okay, I'm going to say theoretically for these games, I'm going to go with, I think game one, which I think is that December second. No, is it December eighth? It's December eighth. I mean, that's that's right at right when finals end for LSU. So I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to say maybe three point five thousand people, because I think that that'll be a, like I think that's going to be one of the big ones. And yeah, because that's the, been the highest selling game so far too. But that's also because it's closer, I think too. Yeah, um, I think that I see the next game. It's not the it's not the is it the twenty third? Because I'm kind of bringing back some of those Biloxi games dates into my mind. And I think that's kind of tainting. Let me double check. Hold on. Um, ben Rouge dates. I should probably know this by off my hand, but I don't. Hang on. Date. Hang on. Well, another problem with like uh, with Baton Rouge hockey, with how they're doing with their home dates, is that they aren't like during, they're like aren't all during the weekend. Most of them are like, I think it's like what? There's like it's like two Mondays and a Thursday, or like two Thursdays and a Monday, I think it is. Yeah, okay, hang on. Uh, so I actually just pulled up an article from The Advocate, and the, uh, it's from the press conference day. Yeah. So they are now saying the exhibition game is during the 8th. I thought it was going to be the 2nd. So I've seen two different dates on that. The, this has been a little – they've been really weird with the dates. Okay, so it's the 15th and January 2nd. Okay, so that's why I'm screwing up the numbers. So I think December fifteenth, that's uh, a I want to say that's like a weekday, and that's like a really end weekday. Yeah, it's a th- okay. So it's a Thursday. I'm gonna go with three thousand people on that day, <clears throat> and then January second, that's a Monday. That's probably when schools really start back up for kids in Baton Rouge. So yeah. I'm, and that's that's a Monday, and I think they're probably Monday night football. That's a really bad day. Um, I'm gonna go with four thousand on that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not expecting a sell like Biloxi. I, I really don't see that happening. No, I mean, we've and like there was so much hype around that. And like I said, there was also like a bigger grassroots effort before oh, yeah. anything was ever announced. So I mean, but honestly, at the current moment for uh, current ticket sales, it's not doing too badly. All things considered, it's. I know for game one, most of the lower bowl is sold. Mostly, okay. Yeah, that, that's a good sign. But my issue is if you want – I mean, for like Havoc games, just to give a basis, because this sounds like it's a similar size arena to the BBC. If you have a really good game, you want at least the middle sections of the upper bowl to be close to sold out. And lower bowl's great, but the lower bowl looks terrible on camera. And the BBC. Yeah. So I wonder if it's like that for the. Um, I think it would probably look something like that. I think it would actually, yeah. given what I see. And, you know, they're working towards that from what I, from uh, this is from a couple of days ago. I have the image because um, 
I know one upper bowl section, uh, in the like towards the middle is ba- probably is nearly sold out there. Some of them, a couple, a few of them are like half sold, and like all like the middle sections of the lower bowl are just gone. Basically, like yeah. Mm, okay, so that's actually pretty good now that I think about that. So, like, I, I'm gonna send you the photo here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, send me that real quick. I'll take a look over it. It's the waiting game. We wait for a picture. I know for the listeners, they're just loving this part. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, of course, classic. This is game one, correct? Yep. Okay. This is from two days ago, too. Two days ago. I mean, I'm glad to see the lower bolt. Yeah, this looks... Uh, if you besides if you and keep in mind the games are like like four months away. That that's that's true. Walk up like culture walk up culture is huge in the south. But the issue is when I cut when I say that the Biloxi games were selling out online tickets when you have extra yeah. prices. So that's that's my one thing where I'm like eh, like I'm, I'm but you like, know what okay. four months out this is pretty good. That is pretty good. Especially at the time of that picture, they were only being sold for like three days beforehand. Yeah, they get started selling on the fifth. Oh, they! I thought they started selling day of. Okay, that's I, on I, me then. No, uh, because uh, from this image uh, from Badwards Pro Hockey, because they actually have a Facebook page now uh, with the home dates. Tickets on sale August fifth at ten a.m. That's when. Okay, so. That actually looks a lot better now I think about it. So I guess, I, to be fair, we're kind of speculating about this in August when these games are being played in December or yeah. in the beginning of January. Well, like I said, that's so, what I'm saying. I think so far it's doing pretty well. Yeah, now, yeah, I'm going to take your side on that now, actually, because that's probably, what, about 1,000, 1,500 sold? I'm just kind we're of thinking, thinking 15, about this. Yeah, we're thinking yeah. 15. I mean, actually, well, even then, like, I mean, yeah, it's a decent amount sold because you gotta remember that's if everything's seven thousand, like, yeah, I mean, probably around two thousand there, fifteen hundred. All right, yeah, that that is pretty good then. All right, so Baton Rouge, I, I think there's a lot of questions, but uh, the more I look at things, a, a lot of optimism. Uh, do you think the team happens? I, I'm leaning on the side of yes that it's probably already close to a done deal. It, uh, here's the thing: I, if, uh, as long as the games go well, there's going to be a team. It, it, I do believe it's going to be entirely dependent on if the games go well. But as long as the games go well, bat, there will be Baton Rouge, FPHL hockey in 2023. Yeah, I, I think we both agree on that. So, speaking of the FPHL and expansion teams, uh, but this upcoming season and not just in the future. Um, yeah. Mississippi, Elmira, Motor City, uh, absolutely. You know, the, these are three new teams making the uh Fed a 10 team league once again. Uh, what do you think so far of our of the newest teams in the Fed? Well, it's funny because just thinking about it, actually, as you were just listening it off, only one of those teams is I would say brand new for specifically 2022 because yes. Elmira Manf is also a new team, but it's not a new market to the league. For a few years, we had the Elmira Enforcers. And then Motor City was supposed to happen a couple of years ago under different owners. Well, yeah, I mean, Motor City was completely, like, screwed by COVID. Like, I think everyone can admit that. Like, I remember when it was announced, like, everyone was like, you're going to start a team now? And it was, like, August of last yeah, year. No, yeah, no, no, it was in July because no, I remember – no, no, I remember it was in like early July when they sewed the uh, jerseys because me and my dad were going down, like getting some like some fun stuff for the Fourth of July, and I was talking to him about this Motor City team with their cool freaking jerseys. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was early July, in the middle of COVID. Yeah, and this was like peak COVID. It's not like okay, yeah. twenty twenty one COVID where things were starting to die down. It was, this was like, uh, still stay at home guys. Like no, there was no big 4th of July stuff. And it was like, man, this was, 
and I think the team was basically dead within a few days because I remember I interviewed the the head coach at the time, and then like five days later, like the thing fell apart. So I'm happy to see the team is back though. Like, oh, hundred percent. Like, like that was a surprise. I love the branding. I love the branding. I you know I this morning I put up my logo rankings for the seven new teams in Meyer Pro Hockey, and they were my number one. Yep, I mean because that the local was so, it's so good. I mean I'm a I w- I'm a fan of the new French team. I can I can't pronounce the name because you asked me uh, about my thoughts on the logo. They, the the in English it's builders, the builders. Um, but I mean it's 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 a pretty simplistic logo, but it's actually it's really fun because it's eye catching. You have the purple and the white and the black. You have the guy. You have the hockey player with the guitar, and it's 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 kind of just perfect right there. So it's a very good. Really, really good, solid Meyer Pro hockey branding, and it's unique too. And that's another important thing. I feel like sometimes people, you know, brands in Meyer Pro Sports in general, when they go for unique, they go for wildly unique. I know you know that with a certain baseball team in your area. Hey, I love my trash pandas. <laughs> Look, I know I like them. I like the name too. But like, you, you can understand what I mean. Like, Mercy Rockers, I think are a Unique, but not like wildly unique. And right. I think that's good because, like, you don't have to go crazy with it. It's just like, yeah, like it fits with the area. If, yeah, cause... I mean, it, it just because you have Motown, you have, you know, the yeah, it takes kind of an R name with the Red Wings because, you know, Motor City and all that. So it, it's, it, you know, it's a well done name, it's a well done logo. So I'm really excited kind of what the team does because I, I think Mississippi, we know, is going to be a hit. Elmira, they have a pass where I think we're going to be uh, kind of reliant. I mean, Motor City is kind of the wild car market because they're located in Detroit. I mean, it's basically Detroit, even though it's Fraser, Michigan. And they're technically kind of stealing a little bit of Port Huron's market because these teams are very close, 45 oddly minutes enough, apart. Oddly enough, in some statistical like things, when it comes to like population, Port Huron is also considered Metro Detroit. Mm. So it, it's farther, but I can see why. At the same yeah. time, and it's so, like in a, in some ways, in certain ways that if you look at statistical uh, the, the, uh, statistics when it comes to population, these two are basically those two teams are literally in the same market. Yeah, which is wild. And I, if I'm if I remember correctly, it's completely done for ownership. I don't believe Barry has any connection to this team. So nope, there's not yeah. there's no other connection. Like and the he only had a write off on it. Yeah, it's like again. I I think Mercy will actually do pretty well because they're actually on social media. They're doing quite a bit, which is more than I could say for another expansion team that I will also talk about a little bit as well. Mm. Uh, because we're city, like, yeah, no, they've been talking about, they've been doing some fun little things on social media. They're, you know, I like that. That's exactly what they need to be doing. So yeah. I think they're going to, I think they're going to do all right. They're going to be a normal fed, not like a crazy fed, like, you know, Columbus, but they're going to be a normal fed. Like, like Danbury. How about that? I, <laughs> Danbury, a little, like Danbury. Well, I mean, Given the arena, I like the arena too. The arena is actually, yeah, it's nice cool. from the pictures. Also, I love the name Big Boy Arena. <laughs> and I'm I'm sad it's not related to like Big Boy, like the burgers. Yeah, or, no, is. that's in and out. No, no, oh, it is Big Boy. Big Boy. Hey, did, wait, is it related to In and Out? No, 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 no. But that's why it's called Big Boy. It's because the burgers. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Big Boy, the, like the Big Boy Burger King. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, okay. That's yep. that's actually really cool. Yeah, that's why uh, I call Big Boy Arena. It's a sponsorship. Ah, that, that okay. I thought I thought it was always like some weird like, like you know the person who like was the owner. It's like this is the Big Boy Arena. See, that's what, you know, that's why it's funny to me talk. though. That's why it's funny to me because it's just like when you say it, like it's just like yeah, this is where the big boys play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow, look, I'm I, I'm I'm Razor Ramon. Hey, Jekyll, this is where the big boys play in WCW. <laughs> 
<laughs> rest, rest in peace. Rest yeah, in peace, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, hashtag rip it. Um, anyway, you alluded to them. Let, let's just talk about Elmira. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Okay, okay. I want to like this team. I want to like the man. They have purple. Ever, they are Ever they, since they my purple. favorite, I have to usually like the purple team, but yeah. Ever know. since my favorite YouTuber of all time, no sarcasm by the way, Trav for Oilers, uh, leaked the name on a podcast. Oh, that was right, in December. Yeah, that was back it. in December. Yeah, we, we were cracking jokes about that to a to a to a friend of ours, like who, who happens to have a bully in his name, and we were like, he should sue the team and like stuff like that. Of course, it was a joke, but. Um, it was like that's a weird name for Elmira. Like we knew probably the enforcer's name wasn't going to return, but Mammoth was already an, an odd choice. And then you but have like, it, it was unique though, so like I will give it points. You know, like that, okay, that's true, that's true. Like, but, but it's like we've it's been the clip art logo about the team for months. Yeah, it's the clip art logo that that really like makes me. Think, oh, oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. When I posted my piece this this morning i thought i was gonna get a lot more uh feed let's say let's put it nicely feedback regarding that then you mean hate mail because i dug into a couple logos and that one is one of those in particular yeah it's and by the way it's actually stock art i'm 99 sure they actually bought the logo, so I mean, congratulations! Uh, being one of the few minor league teams that don't outright steal your logos, and congratulations! Uh, but congratulations it, of being one of the only minor pro teams to not really create your own logo. <laughs> yeah, it's. And I'm not joking, by the way. It's actual stock art. And uh, um, no, I put. I no, even in my piece, I put in there. If you type in mammoth logo, it is like the sixth thing that pops up. And you've put them side by side; they are the same. All they did was add the, change up the, a few ma- details on the mammoth itself, and they put the mammoth shield in the background. Mm. That's all they did. Yep, yeah, that that is literally all they did. But I mean, the look, the the I mean, the it's logo itself the, isn't bad. Yeah, I'm just it's just it's just it's clip art. I'm just it's yeah, clip I'm art. like there's clear um, laziness there. I'm just like, and it doesn't help that we didn't even find out. The logo and the jerseys until like last week. Well, yeah, it's because they literally ripped off the Clemson Paul logo. Which, if you're a college football fan, no, 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 they didn't even do that. No, 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 they didn't even do that. They did take that from another mammoth logo. Like what? Yes, that was the whole deal. Because we found the uh, the the print. We found the exact one. It is a mammoth print, but it is on Google. And that's exactly where they got it from. Are you kidding me? I had no yes. idea about this. Yes, that was yeah. No, we like there was further. I'll say this: that was further down the results than the mammoth head. Oh, at least the paw was hidden. <laughs> at least the paw was like you had to scroll down a plot. <laughs> <sighs> like this, this team has already been kind of a treat. And uh. look. We knew we know about the deal with the Meyer Enforcers, with a certain Robbie Nichols. Uh, Look, with how I, I, everything... I 100% believe Robbie got screwed in the end. Like I know people don't like him. I think he. I think he. I think he's someone who says a little too much sometimes, but he has. He's in the right place a lot of it. But he, he got screwed. Let's be honest. That that, that I mean, no like way. I yeah, yeah I like looking on the situation. Like I don't know what happened, but there's some. Here's what I am starting to wonder. Like, I who did the whole situation is just weird. The whole situation is weird. Um, the enforcers were actually doing pretty well at the box office. Like, they're one of the higher teams in attendance in the league, and they get just ousted. Yeah, and it was like it was like really random. I remember like the like the first inklings came out and like, uh. It was like June last year. Yeah. It was really random. It was like one day. It was like, uh, yeah, we're ha- we're having a meeting time to kick you out. And it was yep. like, oh wow. So and, and no, this goes this, no, this ties back all the way back to what we're talking about when we're talking about the Riverman. Go to every game like it could be the last. 
Yeah, that's very true. But um, remember also how quickly the rumors were about a new Elmira team? It was like yeah. days later. Well, like, no, because like, the yeah. whole deal was like they were going to take out Robbie and they were going to find someone else to bring that team in. And they wanted to be the same season because remember, yeah, this they team was to be a, the there was rumors and apparently like this was really close to happening. It was going to be like a mid-season shove-in. For the, and, I now and see. Like, I don't the know how that true that is. I'm not entirely. I am no, no, that. no, no. It was like the you know, so. I'll tell you who was pushing it. It was the owner. It was that the new guy. I forget his name always. Steve the Arm? lacrosse guy. Yeah, and uh, Don, the the commissioner, he was fighting this, but the owner wanted it badly. And apparently, some of the owners were like, eh, "Just let it happen. Whatever he's paying us." So it was apparently it was close, but it didn't it didn't happen, which I'm happy about. Uh, yeah, no, that would have not been good. That would not have been a good look for the league. Look, the league itself, look, the Fed history is wild. I posted a picture a week or two ago of the very first FPHL puck drop. And the arena, the teams that were involved, and knowing everything that has happened in like the decade plus since is just wild. But it's weird because, like, the Fed is actually, like, for once, it's, like, becoming stable. It's yeah, becoming, and that's yeah. good. But, for, but in a weird way, it's still, at times, unstable. Like, if you compare it to the SPHL, it, it looks like a freaking radioactive molecule. Oh, yeah, but but that's that's the thing. I, one, like, you know, even in the early days when I was, when I just started covering, you know, a lot of people tell me, oh, don't, don't care about the Fed. It's going to fold someday. Uh, and I always had this weird feeling like, I feel like you guys are being a little harsh on it. And like, I feel like I've been kind of justifying that because the Fed has become, dare I say, a competitor uh, to the SBHL. Uh, you know, it's definitely yeah, not I mean, they're, yet. They're in their territory. Definitely not yet. They're getting into the territory, but they're taking what they're doing is taking the old SBHL markets that didn't work and they're just like, okay, we'll just take them then. Well, I mean, you can't tell me that the SPHL doesn't feel threatened if they go after Danville, a team in in an arena that should theoretically not be within their arena threshold. It should not. The only reason, look, I truly believe sometimes the only reason they get those teams is so they could appease Peoria. Well, I mean, there's no, there's there's probably not going to be a Peoria to appease if things keep going on. Like if we're talking about five years ago, uh, I mean, at one point, Pure was like all alone, and I'm sure they weren't very like. Even though Pure was making a lot of money for them, I'm sure the SPHL was a little worried. Like, you know, maybe maybe we should get these guys a running mate before we lose them too. Yeah, but it, I mean, you had Quad City. That's the thing in Evansville. Like, that's a well, no, no, I'm, I'm talking even before Evansville came in. Like, that's true. Two, that's true. Two or three year well, gap where like we had nothing. But why not go after Danville then? I mean, the Dashers well, no, well, didn't no, exist no, like 2015. No, no, that's what they're around since 2011. They're, they're, oh, yeah, you're, I forgot how old that team was. Yeah, yeah no, Dashers lasted a long time. They were one of the oldest teams in the, like, they were like one of the longest running teams in the league in the Fed. And that's wow, why yeah. it was so crazy to hear, like, oh, they're leaving and not deliver. They're moving up. Yeah. Well, hey, at least the Dasher uh, logo lives on on the Zamboni in Danville. You have that. Yeah, which is funny not gonna lie yeah it is so i guess my question is we move on mississippi real quick we kind of already talked about when he came to baton rouge i I mean the the way i'm looking at this team and the way that they're bringing in people there's no way this team doesn't at least make a run in the playoffs right like because this looks like they're actually taking this really serious oh i mean it could be like carolina remember how carolina just came into the league and just like okay we're gonna just start kicking people's butts and like in what year two or something they won the title year two yeah it was year two literally year two yeah so I could see that exactly happen with Biloxi I mean heck if you count the 2020 21 ordeal with the fact that it wasn't the Commissioner's Cup it was the weird ignite ignite cup, yes which uh, the company weird, cup it, the weird cup that was also you know named after the Columbus owners uh, we don't talk about that fact. Uh, but anyway, uh, Columbus won that, and like that was like what their second, their their second or third year in the league. Uh, yeah, because their first season was cut short by COVID. Yeah, because they yeah, came so in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Second year. 
So all the yeah. South teams so far have won a, some sort of cup in their second year. So you know what? There you go, Biloxi. Ha- There's your, your challenge. Try to win a cup in two years or less. Because yeah. the other two Southern teams in the Fed have done that. So, so press is on, I guess. All right. So teams that are going to win uh, a cup soon. Uh, I'm going to guess, of course, this is completely a joke. Danbury's up because they they had to skip a season. This is this was technically their third their second season, but now it's going to be their third. So yeah, I, I know some sort of somebody who would be very happy about that. <laughs> yes, they're probably going to be on the podcast soon. Um, yeah. Uh, then it's going to be Mississippi. Then it's going to be Baton Rouge. Uh, and then it's going to be Huntsville Fed. Uh, Huntsville Fed is happening, boys. Let's go. Uh, then it's going to be uh, Mexico City. Then it's going to be oh Toronto. <laughs> the Maple Leafs are moving to the Feds. So they can finally win a cup. Uh, no, they can find, no, 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 no. They won't win the cup. They won't win the cup. Maybe they'll win the playoff series, though. Oh, that, uh, that, that's true. Maybe they can finally win one. And with all that talent. Uh, so, no, actually, then it's going to be the Oilers. Then it's going to be the Flames. And then yeah, the Feds. Yeah, just with the Flames. It's, it's uh, now the, the whole... Fed National Hockey League. Hmm. You know, I know this is an SPHL, FPHL podcast mainly. But I do want to talk about something with the Flames for just a little moment. Oh, what what is it? Uh, you know exactly what it is. Oh, see, no. See. It's as, just as a W. Have... It's not a big deal. It's just in the, the Washington Nationals. They literally stole the logo from No, Wolverine. it looks like the Commanders, except the com- even the Commanders made some semblance of sense. Okay. Well, okay. here's the issue. No, let me, let me, please, let me, please, let me. Oh, no. Because All right, the forcers. Okay, so if you've seen again, check out my logo piece because I actually like it's the first time I actually wrote anything. Like a, I actually sat down, and wrote something, and actually like a couple years, like a year or so. So it felt nice to actually write again. But there's a reason that that whole piece even happened in the first place, and it was because the last. Team, we were talking about the Amer the the Amira Mammoth logo earlier. That was only second to last on my list. There was a logo that was last. It's uh, just a W. It's not a big deal. But and, why a du- Like and they're copying the Flames logo with this. But it doesn't even work like that. It doesn't even work like that. And I can tell you why. At least because they don't want to have two C logos. Because then no, people no, 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 will get confused. No, no. No, no, no. But here's the thing. With the Calgary logo, it's Calgary flaming. You know, it's the Calgary part that's Okay, flaming. so if you had, if you had like a, the, the W was having like a, a lasso, but would no, you no, be happy? Most, no, and I looked this up. Besides one team back in the early, like in the late days of the of the Atlanta Flames, so not even the Calgary Flames, the Atlanta Flames has ever done the mascot nickname. So like, you know, the nickname of the team be have some sort of flame relation and oddly enough it was a team that later on didn't do that and it was the omaha knights the old omaha knights of the central hockey league back in the 70s Mm, okay and but here's the thing every other team since then if they've gone for the flaming like letter single letter thing has always been the market has never been the nickname because it doesn't really make sense it's not like the mascot itself is on fire, but to be fair, they could have done that, and that's what the AHL Omaha Oscarben Knights did. They made the Knight a Flaming Knight, which, you okay, know... So, so do you want to have, like, a cowboy on fire? Like, like, yes! Like, you don't, no, that would actually work. Then that would actually make some sense. Okay, so the Calgary Flames, they should have the state. They should have their hound dog mask on on fire. There we go. The kids will love that. Here, watch our watch us set our dog on fire. Like but all they did was like they made the all they did was made the night like the Omaha night the AHL Omaha Knights. All they did was they made the night helmet and everything, and they added like the Calgary Flames like flame back, you know, like how it like flickers at the back. Okay, that's that all they did. Sounds like, that sounds that does that, 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 that kind of sounds kind of cool actually. No, I think no, uh, like, no, it was actually a pretty good logo, and that's literally all they could like that they could have done that with the Wranglers. And you know what? That would have been perfectly fine. I, that would have been a great logo, I think. You know and what they should have had as they logo? Also, here's another reason why it makes me upset. They waited just about as long as Elmira did to bring out their logo. They also didn't show it to like last week. And that's mm-hmm. all they did. 
with a uh, W with a little flame. <laughs> That's all I did. Uh, well, what the logo really should have been was Bret Hart on fire. There we go. It's, no, that's just the Calgary Hitman. That's just the Calgary Hitman at that point. All right, well, we'll just set the Hitman logo on fire. There you go. Would you be happy then? You know, yes. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Thank the, you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Two Minutes the, for Roughing. Uh, we are going to set our logo on fire to appease Mark now. Uh, no, so you can be happy. Yeah, no. Next time you'll see the... Uh, yeah, next time you'll see uh, Meyer Lee Grando's. Uh, actually, are they even going to see our little icons on here? I'm not even sure. No, uh, no. So we're recording this in a in a wonderful uh, software, and no, they're just going to hear the audio. So, Mark, you just spoiled the behind the scenes bits. Now, ooh, now, now, scenes. now everyone's going to know how we record. Don't don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. We could have sold this for money. We could have sold our little. We secret. could sell. Yeah, we we well, we could. Hmm. Yeah, we didn't. All right. We didn't anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all yeah. for listening. Not watching. Yes. Oh, uh, fair, this is going to be in some surprise, some sort of video form, but. Oh, please. No, I don't want to show my face just yet. Uh, oh, I'm not saying, you know, just, you know, like what you do with your own podcast, which by the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I do have talking Mars with the rando. So. Uh, if you ever want to tune into that, you can listen on 12 on Sports Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, however, I do have a surprise for you, Mark. I didn't tell you this. Uh, with this episode, there will be a voice message line that, that will be added. Uh, there will be a link put out with, with the episode. You can, you know, send us a little voice message. Tell us how much you hate us. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us what you want to set on fire because of the voices in your head. It just depends on what you want to send. So... And Mark, I know you're snickering. Look, go set something else on the fire. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not guilty of anything. Uh, so once again, have a. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, guys. Be sure to give us a like, give us a subscribe on whatever platform you're using, and be sure to tune in to the next episode. Mark, anything before we sign off? You know, if there's one thing I could say about putting something on fire, a dumpster. Because man, I feel like that's what we've done today. <laughs> I love setting dumpsters on fire because of the voices in my head. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>